inkling. Alleluia. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
need to go take a look at this a little closer. You can join me if you want. <laughs> so here we are. It's a beautiful creche, as they say in French, or the nativity, as we say in English, or pesebre, as they say in Spanish. And it's got a little bit of Cuenca in there with the walls and the window and the fireplace and the church down here and all that stuff. It's all very nice. And of course, Joseph and Mary and the little baby Jesus are all there and it's calm and peaceful and silent night except for the telephones ringing <laughs> and holy night. It just seems very, very much, uh, you know, like it should be on, on Christmas morning. Uh, even little baby Jesus is upgraded from um, diapers to a beautiful blue and white uh, dress. <laughs> I'm not sure where that comes in the story, but there you have it. <laughs> so we have this beautiful scene and it's very soft. It's very gentle. And it maybe needs to be in our world to have at least one thing that's gentle, and soft and beautiful and filled with joy and hope. But as the story actually gets told by Luke in his gospel, you know, there's kind of a hard edge to this story. There's a darkness just underneath the surface. Just take, for example, you know, the fact that um, they're living under the oppression of Caesar Augustus, and he says, go get a census made, and they all have to uproot themselves and go get a census made. If they don't do it, you know, they'll come in with their swords and start lopping off the heads of of the people, maybe even worse. So there's always that in the background. You've got a one nation, you know, subject to sub underneath, you know, putting their foot down at the neck of another much smaller one, that sort of oppressive stuff. And they, they did that, of course, by, by war and violence. So that's in the picture, just under the surface. They, they get to Bethlehem. We always think of little town of Bethlehem as this beautiful little place, you know, and just like here. But they get to Bethlehem, and, and Luke includes a, a sad note to the story. You know, they go looking for a place to stay. You know, Mary's big with child. She's ready to give birth. Um, I don't know what that's like, but many of you do. And, and it had to be a really tough moment when people didn't let them in when they knocked on the door and there was no welcome for them. And they end up in a stable, a cave with, you know, animals. Not clean and cute and pretty like these ones, but smelly and dirty and, you know, defecating and all that stuff. That's, that's where they land as Mary, you know, gives birth to this baby. You know, another reminder that perhaps this world of ours this people that we are, you know, is not all that good. <laughs> you know, here's a dad, almost new mom, baby almost at your door, and you say, go away. You know, that has always been happening in our world, and it continues to happen even to this day. And then, where are they? The little shepherds are down here. There's a few of them. Uh, let's see, there's one there. We're missing shepherds, but they're here. There's one at least. Last night we had about 1,500 little baby Jesuses in here. <laughs> Not so many shepherds, but, but uh, there's one at least. And the shepherds are an interesting addition to the story as Luke tells it because 
you know, again, we think of them as these sort of sweet little guys, just like this little guy here. You know, he's got his sheep around his neck, and he's very caring and loving and, and really kind of beautiful and sweet. But the reality, as Luke tells the story, and as people would have read it in the first, second centuries, would have been shepherds, ick. <laughs> they, are, they are the lowest rung on the social order. You know, you have very, very wealthy people at the top. You've got the Romans. You've got the, the big shots at the temple, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the high priests. You have the people who can make money selling, doing taxes. You've got all that kind of stuff. You've got a middle class. You've got a lower class. You've got people who are poor. And then at the bottom of everything, you've got shepherds. You know, shepherds were looked down upon, deeply looked down upon at the time, because precisely because they were shepherds. Sheep ruined the land for agriculture. And the normal people, especially those who were trying to raise crops, hated sheep. And they hated the shepherds who ran them across their, lawn, their, their lawns, their, their fields, you know, ruining them, all to get a blade of grass or two. And they also had a reputation because they're the bottom of the social rung of being dark people, being dirty people, of being sinners being people who had no moral values. If they came into town on a Friday night, everybody closed their windows and locked their doors. The shepherds are in town. Careful. Watch your wallets. <laughs> Maybe even more. Watch your iPhones. Keep your hands in your pockets. Um, they were seen as thieves, as immoral sinners, people who didn't know God, people who knew nothing about the history of Israel, all that stuff was lost on them. They weren't educated in any of that. And so Luke chooses shepherds to be the first to hear the announcement that something wonderful is happening in Bethlehem. You know, we have all those angels singing to them, you know, and, and telling them that they need to get, you know, they need to get into Bethlehem and see this marvelous thing that's happened. A Savior has been born for them. And if anybody needed a Savior, it was these guys. You know, they, they, they precisely because of their poverty, precisely because of their low status, maybe most precisely because they really knew nothing about God and knew nothing about salvation, they knew they needed something. They knew their lives were incomplete. They knew they were looked down upon, and they probably deserved it in their own minds. Ah, oh, we're just shepherds, you know. And so they're the first ones, according to Luke, to get word that this great thing is happening. And they go up to Bethlehem, cross the fields to get there, and there they see the reality just as they've been told. They probably don't understand it, but they can feel it. And they can feel, you know, their, their empty souls being filled. They can see that God cares for them. They can feel that God is near to them for the first time probably in their entire lives. And so these shepherds become very, very important. Because whenever Luke is telling these stories, he's always looking ahead. He's telegraphing ahead to what's going to happen in Jesus' adult life. And who are the people Jesus first preaches to? Who are the people Jesus first touches with his healing grace? Who are the first people Jesus says to, you know, rise up and go and sin no more? 
It's people just like the shepherds. It's the low class, it's the immoral, it's the uneducated. It's the people who are a drag on society. It's people who are looked down upon and spit upon and people are afraid of them. The shepherds represent all those people who are sitting at Jesus' feet as he preaches, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The shepherds represent, you know, all those sinners who Jesus rehabilitates with a simple gesture of a simple embrace, a simple touch. Shepherds represent the sick and the broken whom Jesus happily and joyfully heals, all those lepers. That's who the shepherds represent. And therefore, we're getting a taste of, of salvation here, of what Jesus did for real people in real time, with real hands and real words. There's something more in the story, of course. You know, we look at little baby Jesus and we honor him and we, he's delightful, he's beautiful, we dress him in beautiful clothes. But Luke also wants us to understand that that little ball of beautiful pink flesh is also the very same flesh and bone that will be derided and spit upon and dragged through town and hung on a cross on a hot Friday afternoon and who will die a miserable death because of people. You know, the world situation. It's all carried in his bones and in his flesh. But, but the story doesn't end there, of course. And, and this is precisely why we're here. The angels come back. The angels that spoke first to, to the shepherds come back on the first day of the week. And they take a people who have been completely gutted by what has happened in Jerusalem, not far from Bethlehem, by the way. People who've been completely gutted by this. And those angels will proclaim, he is risen. That, that very flesh that we first see in the nativity story, so sweet and soft and beautiful and pink, is the very same flesh that gets buried in a cold tomb 30-some years later. And it's the very flesh that rises out of that tomb to the great hymn of the angels, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. So that's what you see in all these little nativity scenes all over town. Every church has one. Most of the homes have them. You, you see the soft part, the beautiful part, the lovely part, the Christmassy part, the silent night part. But just under the surface is the rest of the story. And that rest of the story is what's most important to us. That rest of the story is the story of our salvation, of God having pitched his tent among us lived with us, loved us, healed us, strengthened us, saved us, and calls us to rise with him. Glory to God in the highest and peace to all people of goodwill. Do I bother? There. Jesus is now safe. <laughs>